Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Down here. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. I'm excited about today's conversation. We're chatting with actor Puchal. He is a very busy individual. Uh, <laughs> he's working on something now. I'm not sure how much you can talk about, but he has been a part of some really epic projects, the game, uh, Ray Donovan, and that's just to name a few. You have a very massive filmography. First of all, thank you for your time. I appreciate you making time to chat with us in the midst of your busy work schedule. Well, Brett, I appreciate you for having me, my brother. Um, you know, anytime that I can take some time out to, you know, connect with the fans, get, update them on everything that's going on and just connect with a great host like yourself, like, you know, I, I got to take full advantage. So thank you for having me again. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, the first question I would ask you is, I was looking at your filmography and you've done a lot of things. You got to start really early on. When did you know that acting or being a storyteller was like something you were interested in? Like, how did that start for you specifically? Oh man, I think it started for me uh, when I was young, you know, definitely in grade school. Um, but it was so funny too, because I just reconnected to, um, a friend of mine on Facebook who I went to school with and his name's uh, John Morrison and uh, another childhood friend who I speak to all the time, his name's Chris Melberg, he's in the uh, army special forces. And I, I told him I re I reconnected with John and, you know, I, I said to him, do you remember when we did that play? It was like a, a mock dungeons and dragons play when I was <laughs> nice. a kid and I wrote it and we all started in it. And so what happened was the characters, John Morrison had this gorilla mask and he was like this villain gorilla demon king or something. And <laughs> and I just told Chris about it and Chris started laughing and um, we did it in the fifth grade. And I always had a eye or a knack for film and stuff like that and role playing. Um, everything that I've ever done throughout my life has always had a character involved like when it was boxing i you know imitated muhammad ali and roy jones um you know bruce lee um and you know that was at a young age so as i got older and i started to realize like 
not only was Muhammad Ali Ali the greatest, but he was a showman. Mm -hmm. He was an entertainer. So I felt I had a lot of those qualities. And so it started when I was a young, young kid, grade school, that I wanted to be in movies. And plus, I, I love Empire Strikes Back. So it was just really natural for you to choose. Well, this it's almost like this world chose you because you were doing these things at such a young age. Is it fun to connect with friends that you grew up with? Do they look at you and go, this guy made it, you know, he, <laughs> he had a passion and he had the drive because your world is just so different. It's not like what most sure. people would be familiar with, you know, like I work in eight to five. I do this also. Mm -hmm. And so having talked to your yourself and others along the years, you know, I get it's a different world. But when they talk to you, like you just mentioned, is it fun? Do they go, wow, this guy is doing it. He's literally living the dream in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a great question, too, because um, I always I always stay humble. And I think back to when I was growing up with friends and then I share certain things um, that I've experienced. And you have to be careful on how much you share, because some people may live a boring life and it may come off as you're boasting or being, you know, conceited and stuff like that. So um, I'm always, you know, mindful of how much I share. Um, but like a cat like Chris, you know, who one of my best friends growing up, he's still one of my best friends today. Uh, he's fighting for our country. He's still enlisted and he's seen a lot of things. And the fact that we stay connected is, is a big deal. And so, um, you know, to be able to share some of the the wins or the accolades or just when someone will ask you, so what's John Voigt like? <laughs> you know, who's the most famous person that you met? And I've met a lot of people, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's a world, to be honest with you, Brett, I think when people look at Hollywood, they look at Hollywood as just something on the television or on the movie screen that they yeah. go to. For entertainment so therefore it's kind of like that that is an escape for me or ways of entertainment that anything outside of that you know my real life is either i go to a nine to five or um you know i got to take care of my my family or my kids or or my you know my boss is an asshole like to some people that that's their life that's their real life and Hollywood is like a place, like an imaginary place. So I share stuff with people and and it's fun to be able to share and for people to be like, no way. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, uh, Tom McGuire is actually like five, five or, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is like almost like six, one, six, two almost. But like um, people tend to want to just know, like, you know, like, what do you, what, do you, what does John Voight mean? Um, does you know is Alfred Molina you know funny as is is as I've heard and stuff like that because I've worked with a lot of people and I've you know been around a lot of people where you learn stuff about them and the one thing I can honestly say about John Voigt and Leah Schreiber is how funny they are yeah and a lot of people don't get to see that so I love sharing my stories when people ask or when they ask me specifics and I also I also educate people too on 
when they will mistaken a story of someone who I've worked with or may know, and then someone has a, a different story on, on an individual, I kind of correct that because I'm like, you can get a bad rap just based off of someone catching an actor or an entertainer on the wrong time, or people don't always say what they've done to provoke an actor or an entertainer to maybe come off in a way that might not be appealing or uh, a little uh, aggressive. So for the most part, I think as entertainers, we're people and we know what we do is a public job. And it's not like we can hide out. You know, we have to go out and do do our own duties or take care of our kids, take them to the doctors or go to parent-teacher conference meetings. Or, um, you know, I wanna go to the gym or I wanna take a hike. And, you know, those people will be out. And I think when they go out, they know that they're going out and they're going to be approached by people who are fans. But yeah. it's how a person may approach an, an individual that is that comes in question sometimes. You know what I mean? I so, do. Yeah, it, I get it. And that's one of the things. Well, I mean, when we were talking, you know, prior to getting together, it was like, yeah, I've got this and then I've got that and then I'm cooking dinner right now. Like, <laughs> it's just. And speaking of John Voight, he's one of the nicest people in the world. We spoke to yeah. him about one of his films last year, Escaping the Game, I think it was. And it was just like a perfectly normal conversation. Sure. And just one of the nicest people. And he is very funny. And I think, you know, it's true in the sense one of the things I've learned doing this is that like you are a human being. You're public facing. Obviously, we know you from different things. I was scrolling through your Instagram and, and people ask you questions about shows or this or that. And you're very kind and gracious in your response, probably more than I probably could be if I was having to like <laughs> manage all of that. Cause I mean, it's very yeah. like what people don't get is like, it, it is a job, you know what I'm saying? And sure. it, it, you, you either stand the test of time or you don't, or you're on a show and the show ends or you you don't have any control over it or if you leave a show you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like it's not necessarily your choice all the time mm -hmm. to do that like it could be writing or it could be this out or the other you know or mm -hmm. if a show gets revived you know why didn't they bring this person back and it's the the point i'm making is is like you you just this is your world you know and, and it's mm -hmm. different and you can choose to handle it in a way or not and then the people who approach you maybe out on the street or at the grocery store or the parent teacher conference you know you have to treat people like human beings although mm -hmm. you i could see how also people might <laughs> mistake you for a character or think that you're like a character <laughs> and you're like really not like is there one person when people meet you do they lock you into like oh i thought you might be like <laughs> You know, let's say your character on Ray or maybe yeah. other things that you've done, because you have worked with some very big names in your in the yeah. length of your career, the longevity. Yeah, um, it's funny because <laughs> between the two shows, like on the game or Ray Donovan, um, you know, so in 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 the game, I, you know, cheated on my co-star with um you know, uh, this actress by the name of Juice Adora, and I cheated on Melanie, who's played by Tier um, Maori, and um, 
you know, people like, I'm so mad at you. I'm so mad. And I, I'd be like, I actually, you know, I don't date Tia. Me and Tia aren't together. So, you know, that was a character that made a choice, a bad choice. Now, if I were to say something to him, I'd be like, yo, man, don't you cheat on that girl? But um, it happened. And I think one of the reasons why people were able to relate, Brett, is because it happens in life. And people, you yeah. know, at young ages are going through just growing pains and re relationship uh, uh, pangs and all that stuff. So I think that when Derwin cheated on Melanie, it was, it sparked a big deal because, you know, I think that T and I did our jobs as actors where people fell in love with us and then they didn't want to see us lose. They wanted to see us win by yeah. all means. And when yeah. Derwin cheated, it was a big deal. And as far as Daryl, Everybody just was like, I can't even tell you on how many, how many times, like, women, older women, you know, <laughs> like, white women would be so, they'd be so, older white women would feel so bad for me because they would be like, oh my God, like, I've hugged so many people in the airport because I want you to get away from Mickey. I can't stand what he, how he treats you and but you are so, and then meeting you in person, you're so adorable. I was like, thank you. And so they're like, when are you gonna, when are you gonna like give Mickey a taste of his own medicine and all this stuff like that? And people, people would be invested in the show and the jobs that we would do as characters that the people would invest time to where they wanted to kind of give us some insight or some advice in the airport or at a restaurant or in the store. Like, okay, so this is what you're gonna do to Mickey, okay. There's this stuff that you can give him in his food to make him really sick so he'll never come out of the bathroom <laughs> and stuff like that. I've had I, I've heard all types of stories, but it's it what it what it is, Brett, is it's a testament and validation to actors that we're doing our job to where people want to see either a change or, you know, something you know, I want to see you overcome. I want to see you, you know, make a change, stand up for yourself and stuff like that. Or I want to see you get back with rekindle that flame with, with, with your girlfriend or your wife and stuff like that. And so that's what we have to do is we're telling these stories. We have to give people a reason to continue to watch and to, to be able to relate to where it may mirror something within their lives or on the outside looking in, trying to offer some advice or some type of helpful information to help the actor or what they would do in a situation. If that was me, I would do this. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And I think that's what entertainment, that's what entertainment adds. And also sometimes people, cause I know growing up as a kid, I remember watching Superman for the first time and tying, you know, tying a towel around my neck and flying around wanting to be Superman. You know what I mean? And I think good acting, good entertainment or cool character, that's what it does for some people. It offers that getaway. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? I wanted to be Blade. You know, all of those things within the character and what they portray or something cool about them. Uh, you know, a lot of things related to me to where I wanted to be, you know, those characters. So I think the same thing goes for a person watching their program or their soap opera or something like that. You know, yeah, no, I agree 100%. And speaking of Ray, I thought it was great how they did the movie. Uh, you know, fans champion for that, that just goes to show you the power that the fans have for a particular show. 
because uh, it did end so abruptly. But yeah. looking at your career, I mean, you've done the big pictures, you've done television shows. From when you started to now, how do you see the culture in Hollywood shifting uh, as far as opportunity, as far as characters you can play, as far as being able to create content on your own? Mm -hmm. Is it changing for the better or are are we in a world now where you don't need a big studio, you don't need a big network to create something, you can just go out and create it on your own? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question, Brent. Um, there's, there's, I'm going to, I'm going to answer the first part of that question. And I think Hollywood having this platform open up to where they're having minorities, you know, take on bigger roles, you know, being the lead of, you know, uh, of a film that may be, you know, geared towards maybe an all white cast. Um, me personally, um, I love the opportunities that I'm getting, but I can honestly tell you that when I first started, um, in Hollywood, uh, I started in New York, like I got a lot of great opportunities and I think I might've went into it colorblind where I just want to be the best actor that I can be. I'm not like putting a label on myself being the best black actor. Sure. Um, I think... A lot of things have happened within the last couple of years where I think minorities have proved that we, you know, we've earned, I'm not saying we deserve, it's like you have to go out, anything that you want, you have to go out and work for it. Nothing's given. So I feel the work that we've put in as minorities, whether black, you know, Latino, Latina, Asian, you know, um, Middle Eastern or whatever the case may be, as far as us being artists, we've earned a, ta a place at the table to where we've shown that we can bring in numbers and that we can give Oscar award-winning performances. And so for me, I'm not trying to approach any character as the best Black actor in this role. I'm trying to be the best actor, period. Yeah. Sure. And therefore, and I... And, I'm 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 set on being the best at whatever it is that I do and if I just so happen to be a black actor then so be it you know um but the platform has been opened up to where you know we're getting we're getting a shake we're getting we're getting an opportunity or they're making certain adjustments I mean me personally I think just create awesome characters I don't like I grew up in comic books and science fiction. Um, I I don't feel you have to to appease. Oh, we have to make this character black to appease whoever. It's kind of like, listen, no one's ever going to get it right. We do our best. We do what we can. But if it means, hey, if this actor was or this character was black, you know, all right. You know, you don't have to appease anyone by saying I'm going to make the character white or make the character Asian, you know, get the best actor for the job, you know, keeping keeping close to the source material. And if it's to where you want to give black actors opportunities instead of changing, like, let's say, hey, we're going to change Superman from white to black, just create another cool 
as superhero, like, like they did with Hancock, you know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. you know, they're starting to, you know, green light a lot of graphic novel type of projects where, you know, those characters are, are cool. So um, for me, I'm for equal opportunity. I don't want to say, oh, I want you to do this character uh, because we need a black person. I was like, I want to be the right person for the job, you know, and yeah. I will entertain anything that that's offered and try to give my input. I'm not going to just say yes to something, but I also know that if you're going to make this adjustment, don't just make the adjustment on, well, we got to hit a quota and, and hire a black person for this role that technically was written white and not do the homework as far as what that culture means to this character because you can have a script where it was originally written white, replace the characters with with like making the characters black, but then that's as far as you went. You don't you don't address the cultural, you know, uh, root that goes throughout the whole script or the whole story. There's certain things that we're all different in in in, in certain respects. Uh, yes, we're all we all you know bleed red and. Um, we all, you know, we're born into the world and so forth, but, you know, I may have a different approach to certain foods I like, or, um, I'm not, I'm not, you know, so quick to, you know, uh, I don't know, go, go, go skiing or play hockey or something. I don't know. Sure. But for me, for me, I just want an opportunity to show my work when someone says, Hey man. You're the best actor for the job, but us having this, us having this platform, you know, I say take full advantage, and and show show what we can do, you know what I mean. And to the second part of your question, um, people like myself in the beginning who were looking for opportunities, and Hollywood seemed like they held the key or the the they only opened the door to certain people. Um, there's so many talented people within Hollywood, not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera. And I'm talking about the people who've even created the apps and certain technology on your phone where you can go shoot a movie. Yeah. Now it's, it, it's, it's almost Brett, it's almost impossible for a person to say they want to be an actor or they, they want to be an entertainer, have an iPhone and not put out some content. It's almost you in my opinion, I feel a person doesn't really want to be an entertainer or artist or actor if they have an iPhone and they're not recording themselves doing a monologue or doing something funny or singing or what have you. I mean, you know, they got TikTok that allows a big platform. But I think if you really say you want to be an actor or what have you, you have your iPhone, you take up a writing class, write a script for yourself, write a piece for yourself. And then record it, you know, yeah. go find the people who, you know, who are good at lighting or find people who are good at, you know, styling. There, there, there's there's platforms and technology to where anyone can be successful in the entertainment world and or some kind of artistry, in my opinion. So there's no excuses. I love it. Well, congratulations on everything. One last question. And that's so 
brilliantly put. I mean, it's just on both parts. Um, mm-hmm. Very well said, my friend. What Thanks, are you Brad. working on now? hundred percent. What, what, what are you, I know you've been busy. I don't know how much you can share. Um, I've seen, you've got a couple of things that you're working on at the moment. <laughs> and I know well, people we... are asking you, are you going to come back to the game? They, they're asking Tia the same question. And she's like, <laughs> you know, she, um, she's like every day people are posting on her Instagram or TikTok. Hey, you know, but what are you I working think... on? Well, well, in huge shout out to all the fans out there, Brad. I want to make sure that they realize and understand that I'm truly grateful and thankful for them to be in the position that I'm I'm in. Um, the game was such a huge. It was a huge time, in my life and in in my career. It changed my life, and uh, I'm super grateful for that opportunity to uh, Mar Brock Akil and you know the CW and BT and my co-star, all my co-stars Tia, Kobe, Brittany, uh, Hosea, uh, Miss Wendy. Um, you know. I was asked to come back to do the the reboot, and I did an episode. There's a new showrunner, and um, you know he's got a vision for the show and where he wants it to go. Live, live. You get an opportunity like that, you take full advantage. And if it includes certain people from the old cast, cool. If it doesn't, cool. Just make sure it's the best best show and best representation of what, you know, the game was before, you know, we, you know, got canceled or ended. Um, listen, I'm all I'm all for like reprising my role of Derwin and giving the fans an eye wink and say, hey, guys, thank you. Um, but, you know, some people have a vision and where they want to go and they want to take it and they want to kind of re boot it or rework some things or revamp it remix it whatever you know um there is a lot of reboots that are taking place right now that they are going with the original cast and so i'm happy for you know wendy raquel robinson who plays tasha mack and my boy hosea chances who plays malik you know we all started together and you know they get the call they got the call to take this thing on to you know, the, the promised land. And I, I support them on that and I'm happy for them. In the meanwhile, myself, Tia, we're working on other things. Like I'm so fortunate that I have two films dropping at the end of February. One uh, film is with uh, Hallmark Mahogany called um, um, A Legacy in Nashville, <clears throat> excuse me, A Legacy in Nashville. And then a... Um, Another film, a Mar Vista studio film that's going to Tubi called Alarmed. And, you know, I'm working. And then I created a project myself that um, my team who co-created Ozark, uh, Zero Gravity, that helped me, you know, develop what's going to be my Rocky. Um, working with Dominique Wilkins, wow. uh, who pl- plays my dad. Um, you know, Shaq, you know, showed gave showed and gave his support who i'm friends with that's my guy um and a lot of the other ball players who i've gotten um information and research to get source material to where you're telling stories that are like legit and authentic um so i'm hoping that <clears throat> i'm hoping that soon we're taking meetings right now for my project and i'm hoping that within 
uh, next couple of weeks, we can have some good news to where we get a green light project where I'm the lead and I created it. And I think that based off of the question you asked earlier is the place where we are in Hollywood to where you can create your own content. That's after the pandemic, a lot of things changed, Brett. Yeah. So it was like, are you going to wait for Hollywood to call you back? Or are you going to go out there and do something about it to where you say, hey, Hollywood, it's I'm not going to wait on you to call me just in case if you don't, but I'm going to create something to where I say, hey, Hollywood, you guys need to see this. And I think that's kind of what you, you, you have to do is you have to be a triple threat. So writing, producing, acting, you know, eventually directing, I want to direct, but my future is bright based off of what it is that I'm looking forward to and working on and the people who are actually giving me opportunities. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen within the next couple of weeks. And I'm hoping that we get some, um, I have some new information to, you know, um, put out there to, you know, again, signify the next chapter of my life as far as being um, a real force in this in this uh, industry. So I'm really thankful to people like you and the fans, man. Absolutely. Well, Pooch, it's been a pleasure. Congratulations. Again, I've been a fan for a very long time, but also I'm excited to know you a little bit better now and so people sure. can get to know you as well. Congratulations. All the success Thanks, is well deserved. And I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. And uh, all the fans out there who tune in, you can follow me on Instagram at I am Pooch Hall or Twitter. I am underscore Pooch Hall and official uh, Pooch Hall on Facebook. And again, stay tuned. Uh, this February, I have uh, those two films dropping, Alarmed and uh, A Legacy in Nashville, two amazing actresses um, that I'm acting with in that. So uh, thank you.